is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, I'm Ron Barr, and this is today's edition of Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast on the 8Side Network. Always nice to catch up with a good friend. Jim Nance joins us on Sports Byline, longtime CBS sportscaster, of course, the lead announcer on NFL football for CBS, NCAA Division I's men's basketball, the NBA and the PGA Tour also on his broadcast resume, and he has anchored CBS's coverage of the Masters Tournament since 1989 and been the lead play-by-play announcer for CBS on football since 2004. And Nance joined Kurt Gowdy and Dick Enberg as the only play-by-play announcers to ever call both a Super Bowl and an NCAA men's basketball championship game. Jim, with your career and experience, you have a long-term perspective on the changes in sports. What sticks out to you most of those changes? I just think the exposure of it, it's just... uh... You know, when I first started at CBS, first off, Ron, it's great to be with you, my friend. It's just, uh, I'm such a fan. But I, I, I began at CBS back in 1985, and we didn't have this kind of around-the-clock coverage of everything is exposed and seen, and just the expansion of the media around sports. I think that's the biggest thing. It's, uh, it's just uh, overwhelming how much content is out there. It's a good thing. It's definitely a good thing, but that's the thing that's changed the most to me is is um, is the media, specifically television, and the money that's come from television that has fueled uh, so many pockets, uh, you know, if for for athletes and and owners alike. What about the challenges for you as a broadcaster? Because technology certainly has changed broadcasting, sports broadcasting in particular. How much more difficult and what adjustments have you had to make over the year to be able to involve technology? I just think it's made, and there's a lot of different facets to that, Ron. I would say this technology has helped in the preparation side of things. It's so much easier to get information than it was uh, several decades ago. Of course, that's also a little bit of a conundrum because the fan that you're delivering the uh, the story to, they're so much more aware, too, of the stories of the subjects and the games that you're covering. So uh, I, I think technology has uh, has opened up the world in terms of 
of uh, being able to expand the popularity of all these sports because there's just so much more information. But uh, and specifically when it comes to the game broadcast, I mean, my gosh, um, drone coverage, for example, the drone on golf coverage <laughs> is just a gigantic leap um, in the way that that's presented. That's, we're going to be seeing more drone coverage on outdoor football games. And I mean, it's a magnificent thing to have, uh, you know, as a, as a director to have in your arsenal. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it, you keep thinking just when they've invented the last great piece of technology, there's another innovation right around the corner that leaves you wondering, well, why didn't I think of that? One of the things I've always respected and admired about you, Jim, is that you do a number of sports and you do it so very, very well. How did you learn to adjust to the sport and also the, the, the things that go along with that particular sport in order to bring it to life on a broadcast? Well, I appreciate you saying that, number one. Number two, I always wanted to align myself with sports that I felt like I had a really good knowledge of the sport or a passion for that sport. Take, for example, my, my, my main duties these days are reduced to three sports, the NFL, college basketball, and golf. I love them all. It's easy to follow and prepare and stay on top of them 365 because I'm so interested as a fan. So that, that to me, has been the thing that's guided me the most is that I haven't been asked to do too many sports that, uh, that were a little foreign to me. Somebody asked me, it's interesting, I spoke at a school earlier today, and one of the kids said, what if CBS got the National Hockey League? Would you want to be involved? And I said, nothing against hockey. I enjoy it. We've got a, you know, a whole history of watching games and, and from afar, et cetera, et cetera. But I've never called a game. I don't think I'm qualified. If that scenario ever, ever presented itself, I'd be the first to tell CBS, I can't help you. I won't go where I don't feel like I can talk it with authenticity. You know, I know exactly what you're talking about. I was once offered an uh, international soccer tournament match. And having played soccer as a youngster and all throughout my life, um, I was very interested in doing it. So I said to him, I said, uh, who are the two teams? He said, from Poland and from China. I said, not a chance that I would do that because I wouldn't be able to get the Chinese name out or the Polish name out without them having gone down the other end of the field. So I know those type of challenges. It's, uh, you, you know, it, there, there's a lot to it. I mean, you just, you just hit on something, too, just making sure when you're prepared to honor the athlete, uh, the subject that you're covering, by being able to make sure that you have all the name pronunciations correct. It's amazing when I'm watching a football game, and I, I you know, hear hear someone try to talk about someone who's caught a touchdown or made a tackle, and they haven't honored them by taking the time to understand how they pronounce their own names. So, um, yeah, it's uh, listen. Some some sports soccer. I'm, I'm my my interest level in soccer has risen by a bunch in the last five years, but I don't think I would be qualified to call it because I just don't have any experience at it. I'll leave that to people who have had a whole lifetime of passion with that sport. I read an interesting story. It's Jim Nance's top 25 in 25 years at CBS Sports. I know you're familiar with it. And I went to number one right away, and I kind of smiled when I read it. Sharing in Fred Couples' master's dream. Tell everybody what that was about. <laughs> well, that was 30 years ago this past spring, Ron, and that was uh, when Freddie won the master's, and the two of us shared a dormitory suite 
at the University of Houston back in the late 70s into the early 80s. And he was driven to one day win the green jacket. It was my goal to one day work for CBS. That was what inspired me more than anything to want to get into this industry because I love the way CBS presented golf coverage, and most especially at the Masters. So my dream was always kind of central to being a part of the Masters. That was my dream. And Fred's dream was always to be the Masters champion. So we, uh, lo and behold, we, we, we even talked about it when we were in school. Wouldn't it be cool one day if we could both be in the roles that we wish for and we could actually carry out this green jacket ceremony before the world and we got to do it. Um, just a storybook, a storybook. Two guys from different professions who were roommates and really had big, big dreams about trying to reach our goals and we supported one another. I totally believed that he one day would win the Masters Tournament. I felt like he totally believed in my abilities to one day get to where I wanted to go. And then, lo and behold, April the 12th, 1992, it happened. It all came together, and I was there for CBS in the cabin to interview him, be there for the presentation of the green jacket, and he was on the receiving end. Number two on that list is also in golf, and you love golf, not only just from a broadcasting standpoint, but on a personal basis as well. And you said about calling your first Masters at the age of 26. As much as I'd like to think that I had always been preparing myself for that moment, I must confess that I was so nervous my teeth were chattering involuntarily. I was worried that the noise emanating from my clicking molars would be picked up by my open microphone. I love that quote, Jim. Thank you, Ron. I could barely, it's true, though. I could barely get the words out. I was absolutely overwhelmed with the bigness of the moment. Um, I was 26 years old and less than four years removed from graduation at the University of Houston. And now all of a sudden you have this historic Masters tournament breaking out and you're supposed to describe it in the late stages. I mean, it was it was probably too much for me. Let me be honest. It was uh, it was overwhelming. I could barely get the mouth to move. And I truly did have the chill bumps, uh, uh, chill bumps in the. And, and, the, and the chattering teeth to go with it. Somehow, though, I managed to utter that the bear has come out of hibernation and he went on to win. And it feels like a dream now to me, Ron. I'm not going to kid you. It was so long ago. And as you get older and you get more of the perspective, I mean, I, how in the world did I do that at, that at that station in life when I was just 26 years old? I mean, I still get nervous and excited calling the Masters in my 60s. But when I was 26, how did I have the maturity to hang in there and do it? I I don't know. I'm just grateful that there were people who believed in me, who had the faith and confidence that I could do it, and gave me the opportunity to be there for that historic and epic moment. We only have 40 seconds before we have to break, but each sport has its own kind of beauty to it. When it comes to golf, what is that beauty? I think I can relate to the golfer in that it's a solitary journey. You work on your game off on the corner of the driving range. You're alone. There's no one who can pick you up. Well, you can say the caddy could, but ultimately you're the only one who could play the shot. And I just really relate to the pressure, the intense pressure that goes with trying to win a golf tournament, much less a Masters or a PGA Championship. And I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by that. And I'm completely in love with, I guess it's a, I romanticize with the venues that it takes us to, these beautiful golf courses and 
and um, championship venues, whether it's Augusta or Pebble Beach or St. Andrews, wherever it might be. I just love the variety. You never know what's going to happen in that game. Certainly one of the masters in broadcasting, sports broadcasting, is Jim Nance. We continue across the country and around the world. We've got you on Sports Byline. You're listening to Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. In the 1980s and 90s, New York City needed a tough cop like Detective Louis Scarcella. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it in the world. He was the guy who made sure the worst killers were brought to justice. That's one version. This guy is a piece of shit. Derek Hamilton was put away from murder by Detective Scarcella. In prison, Derek turned himself into the best jailhouse lawyer of his generation. And the Lord was my girlfriend. This is my only way to freedom. Derek and other convicted murderers started a law firm behind bars. We never knew we had the same cop in the case. Scarcella. We got to show that he's a corrupt cop. They can go f*** themselves. I'm Steve Fishman. And I'm Dax Devlin-Ross. And this is The Burden. Listen to new episodes of The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And to hear episodes one week early and ad-free with exclusive bonus content, subscribe to True Crime Clubhouse on Apple Podcasts. Jim Nance has joined us here on Sports Byline, longtime CBS sportscaster, working almost every major event that they do at CBS. And uh, he's with us. We're talking about his career. Let me ask you about broadcasting partners because they are so important in the blending of, of personalities and chemistry. When you think about it in a general sense, not just to you, what generally works when it comes to a broadcaster in the booth with you or anybody else? I think if you can communicate with one another as if you're allowing the viewer slash listener just to eavesdrop that we're, we're talking the same language, we're telling the same stories, we're conversing. To get conversational is the place you want to go. I'll give you a good example of that. Tony Romo. Tony and I have found a niche if, if for us, a spot, where we're really comfortable getting on the air and getting lost in that game and the two of us just conversing. We actually, this is going to sound a little weird to a fellow broadcaster, but we face each other. Uh, standing up while we call a game. The field is down below us, but we have a whole row of monitors where I can look past them just a touch 
And in my sight line, I can see what the feed is presenting, what the visual is. I know when to turn back and look down at the field and be ready in time for a play snap. But the rest of the time, we're actually just looking at each other like two people would at a cocktail party conversing. (laughs) And it's a really good spot to be when you're on the air if you can not sound like you're a broadcaster, like you're announcing anything. You're actually sharing in the moment with the guy sitting next to you. What made the Jim Nance-Phil Sims combination work? You know, I love working with Phil. We had 13 years together, and I think four Super Bowls maybe, maybe five, and uh, just a lot in common. He's a great guy, great family guy, uh, love of the game. I mean, his, his love of the NFL, I've never seen anything like it. And uh, I enjoyed everything about working with Phil, the whole process of preparing together for the games, calling the games, and we had a very nice long run. It's one of the one of the top, I believe. Somebody said the other day is sixth or seventh longest tenured uh, NFL broadcast duo in history. So we had a great long run, and uh, I'm really grateful for those years. When it comes to basketball and the NCAA championships, you have worked with two outstanding broadcasters. One I knew very well, I know very well, Bill Raftery. There's something about Bill, and I, I maybe you could help the, the listeners out there that have watched him work with you, that, that make him so special because he brings a different approach to doing the color and analyst uh, work. It's a little bit too, uh, some of what I just spoke of about Romo, about Tony, is Bill is a master at getting people engaged and having uh, a lively, fun time of it. You know, basketball is moving so quickly. Uh, compared to football. Football, you have a play, and then you got 25, 30 seconds before the next ball is snapped. Uh, but basketball is just up and down the floor. We're working a three-man booth. I've got Raft and I've got Grant Hill. And it's amazing how snappy it is and how well it works. And I think it works really well, above all, because of Raft. He's so giving of his time and setting people up and, and making it fun. He's just a wonderful guy. You mentioned about Grant Hill. That's a three-man broadcast uh, booth, and I've often wondered that's very difficult to deal with. The timing of letting everybody partake in the in the commentary of that. How hard is that for you, or was it for you uh, when you have more than one other person you're playing off of? I think it's hard because it's basketball, and as I mentioned, the game's moving so quickly. But it's never felt like it was difficult with this with this group. And again, Raftery is the key guy. He He'll, he'll sometimes engage us with some silly kind of um, <laughs> borderline irreverent, but it, it, he, you know it, and the audience knows he's telegraphed it as, uh, as not being mean-spirited, but just being playful. And, and it just has, he has this sense of humor that beats all. But, uh, I, you know, we don't really have any kind of format to try to figure out how to make it work. We just watch the game together. And we all know, just out of respect for the other guys, that you have to get to your point quickly, and we do. Yeah, and you each bring a very interesting, insightful perspective. That's why that three-man crew in basketball, I think, works. Billy Packer, of course, for a long time, your color analyst for NCAA Championship Basketball, and he was a really kind of to-the-point type of guy, wasn't he, when it came to the game? Billy could sit right next to me two feet away and – it's not like it's a high-up angle where you can see play formations like you can from a football booth. When you're down on the floor, 
you know, there are, there are players on the near side of the court that sometimes are blocking your view of what's going on on the other side. Billy had this amazing ability to see all ten players on the floor at one time and know where they should be and what's open, what the wrinkle is. His insight and analysis was just his borderline genius. I mean, I sat there thinking, I'm looking at what he's looking at, and I would have never, ever seen that. <laughs> and we worked together for 18 years and we just just had a fabulous time. Uh, Billy's back home, retired now in Charlotte, North Carolina. Sadly, uh, Barbara, his wife, passed away earlier this year. And, um I, I know that he's in a difficult spot because that was a beautiful love story. Billy and Barbara married for fifty something years, and and um, I don't. I just uh, my my time with Billy Packer is one of the highlights of my career too. Yeah, you worked also with Steve Kerr. Did you ever expect he'd be the successful coach that he's turned out? Because uh, I'm sure as you listen as you listen to him, you probably said this guy can do anything. <laughs> What a lovely guy. We worked uh, the NCAA tournament together for about uh, maybe three years. And the last year, which was 2014, uh, he let me in on the fact that he was being kind of courted, not only by the Warriors, but by the Knicks right. to be a head coach. And he loved the broadcasting side of it. And he was exceptional at broadcasting. But I came out of that NCAA tournament. The Final Four, I remember, was in uh, the Cowboys Stadium, and UConn beat Kentucky, upset Kentucky to win the title. And I just knew that this was going to be in the cards for him. He was going to go from the booth to the bench. And I, I thought for sure it would be the Knicks. And a few weeks later, of course, it was announced he was the head coach of the Warriors. And what a remarkable job he's done. I would be amiss if I didn't talk about, of course, your golf broadcast. Nick Faldo, Ken Venturi, Peter Costas, your thoughts on them? Well, you know, with Ken Venturi, San Francisco's very own, uh, he was like a, a mentor to me. He was, he was, we had an age gap that was uh, more than a generation apart, like a generation and a half. And uh, I just grew up listening to Ken and couldn't believe that when I met him, that I even had the chance to be in his company, much less be on the air with him. And I called him Mr. Venturi for the longest time until people assured me that sounded awkward. I had to put myself <laughs> on a level like I was a fellow broadcaster, not a kid looking up to one of his heroes, which was the case. But uh, um, I, I just, I mean, Ken, Ken was family. That's all I can say. He's been gone now for nine years. And uh, I still miss the heck out of him. We just recently had a tournament in the D.C. area at TPC Potomac at Avenel Farm. And that's where he had his last show, June 2nd, 2002. So it was 20 years since his last show. And I looked at him that day and I said, as long as I'm as on the air, as long as I'm sitting at this seat, you will always be sitting next to me. You will be always by my side. I said that on the air, not realizing that that would, in fact, always be Always by my side would be the name of a book that I would write um, six years later about my father. But that's how close I was with Ken. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that up because I'm going to close this interview out uh, with the final 60 seconds that we have. I want to urge everybody, if you get a chance, pick up this book, Always By My Side, A Father's Grace and a Sports Journey Unlike Any Other. It came out in 2008, but it was one of the best books I have ever read. Uh, briefly about your dad and the influence on you. 
Well, it's it's with me every day. By the way, I never got to I forgot to mention how much I love Nick Faldo. We've had a great fifteen mm-hmm. year run. I don't want that to get lost. And Peter Costas and Gary McCord and that group too. Just great friends. But my dad has been gone now, Ron, fourteen years. And um I mean you know, I know there are a lot of people who are like to this. He is in my thoughts all the time. Not a day that goes by that I don't talk about him, think about him. And um, you know, we've got Father's Day coming up pretty soon. And, uh, you know, I I worship those days. I miss him. I mean, I miss him so much it hurts. That's all I can say. He made me the person I am today. My mom did too. And um, I'm just very fortunate to have loving parents who uh, had a dream with a, had a kid with a crazy dream. And they nourished that child of theirs and the dream that he carried and made that that young boy feel like that 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 world was out there for him and it was because of their love and support and their belief in me that uh, you know I was able to be able to get to CBS and live the life that I could only dream of as a young kid Jim I want to thank you for your time you've always been very gracious with me and I appreciate that always love touching base over a period of time just to catch up and see how things are going in your career and your life and I thank you for that, my friend. Take care. You are the you're a standalone guy, man. You are a national treasure, Ron. I, I I hope you know that. I know that, and thousands of people know that. And any time that we could do this, it is an absolute honor. Thank you, sir. Jim Nance with us again, longtime CBS sportscaster. We continue with more of you and America's sports talk show. You have been listening to Ron Barr's Sports Byline USA podcast on the Eight Side Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. In the 90s, New York detective Louis Scarcella locked up the worst criminals. Putting bad guys away. There's no feeling like it. Then jailhouse lawyers took aim, led by Derek Hamilton. Scarcella took me to the precinct and lied. 20 men eventually walked free. Now, in the Burden podcast, after a decade of silence, Louis Scarcella finally tells his story. And so does Derek Hamilton. Listen to The Burden on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.